It took generations before the slaves of America experienced freedom. And even today, there are remnants of discrimination that linger. But this isn't just a United States thing. In India, the church is often fractured by caste and geography. Apartheid still coils and intermittently strikes in South Africa. Secularism discounts faith in some quarters, and faith judges harshly in others. In each instance, to overcome the sin that holds them down, there were some people that discovered truth, and that truth brought them together and brought them freedom. Scripture isn't just a map to heaven, because if that was true, that would be rather selfish of us, wouldn't it? Scripture is about discovering truth. It's about building relationships on that truth. And the truth? The truth is that God loves everybody. Come on back home. All is forgiven. Our job is to go forth and let everyone know that there is no difference of value between genders, between ethnicities. There are no lines between color or wealth. There's just the grace of a loving Savior who, instead of taking us all the way back to Exodus, walked up a hill so we can, together, move forward home. Now that's reviving. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Falvel Fowler, and this is Sabbath School University. Welcome to the 13th study of the 13 studies on Revival and Reformation. I have three of the hosts that were there to take us through the studies, and I'm going to ask them to once again tell us something you haven't told us before that's illegal, that you can tell us, and name your favorite biblical reformer. Wow, and I get to go first. Of course. I'm, I'm Andrew Campbell, um, a student here at Andrews. Um, and I guess no by, longer. Yeah, by the time this airs, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> I may not be a student anymore. So that should be interesting. That's fine. Um, my favorite biblical reformer, I'm. I think I would go with Josiah. Uh, he, yeah, he. You know, they, they find the temple, uh, they find the law in the temple, and um, and he in, institutes this this wonderful reform. You know that that is very influential on the life of Daniel, um, as a young boy and. and really nice. makes a big difference in Daniel's life. Follow that up. Let's see you do that. Um, my name is Sarah May Cologne, and I'm no longer at Andrews. We are here virtually, <laughs> yes. It's all green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know. I guess I really struggle with what deems someone as a reformer, like because we don't really label... The change makers. The change makers, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, I guess for me, I'm really fascinated by Paul. I know it's kind of a cliche thing. I don't know mm. if he'd be categorized as a reformer. But I just feel like he he had both aspects of life. Like he could see both sides of the equation because he's lived both sides. And so for him, it was really interesting for me to see his growth and his understanding and his change of heart and his passion. I don't know. I was always interested in him. Cool. I'm Andrew Tompkins, and I don't choose favorites whenever people ask that I don't like choosing favorites but I can Fine, don't answer find, the question I can, no no I'll answer they're two interesting reformers and they're both prophets I think of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and they're interesting because of the things they were asked to do like put yokes oh. on their neck or oh, lay on yeah, their side it's the always dramatic, fascinating the, the like, dramatic ones did that really reform maybe I mean <laughs> I guess if I saw someone doing that stuff maybe it would help cool 
Sarah, since this is going to be your last series and probably your last lesson group study thing that we have going on here, would you offer prayer in Russian and <laughs> read scripture in English? <laughs> okay. James 5, 7, and 8. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Let's pray in, in English. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we have this opportunity to come together and talk more about you and help us keep our eyes on you always. And as we grow and we learn what um, reviving and reformation means and all these things continually as we grow up, um, God, just help us to continue to have passion within our hearts. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Amen. So today it's revival, the promise mm. of revival, God's commission completed. Um, in the intro, I was talking about how revival is not just saying you have it. It's, it's about building relationships, finding truth in Scripture. How does how do you know revival is happening? What, is it, what, what are the factors? Is it just knowing, oh, I learned something new in the Bible today? Or does it outside of studying Scripture? I think it's something that... Well, I, mean, I don't mean to outside, but it's in addition that, okay. to studying <laughs> Scripture. You know, that's the foundation. But it isn't just a focus on, I know the theory. Mm. Right. I think it's an experience, and I think people start seeing it in other people. And so it's not necessarily defined by words as much as by something that naturally flows out of people. Is okay. that what you were asking? Okay, let's go with that. All right. <laughs> then, when it I says, don't know what's it, happening. They say that the disciples turned the world upside down. Yeah. How does that tie in with what you said? Well, they shook things up, and they lived a different way, so that way people, I think, viewed them differently, and so it was a different mindset and a different lifestyle. Sarah May what? shook things up. Does that mean every time somebody shakes things up, it's a good thing? No. <laughs> I know from personal experience it's not always a good thing. Because <laughs> I thought I had some brilliant ideas. <laughs> you know, I think when you take this idea of turning the world upside down, um, it, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you, you uh, um, I, I won't say it. Uh, go, the, <laughs> go. Why stop now? <laughs> no, you, you, you think about um, making a difference, mm -hmm. making a, a big impact. Uh, Where? On the earth that's being the, turned upside no, down. <laughs> a geographical explanation. No, no. no what, what, what the point I'm trying to make is that it's something that is noticeable. Mm. And, and that, so... And what I want to do is to contrast that with, you know, a lot of Christianity today. Is it something that is noticeable? Is it something that is making a difference, is making mm -hmm. an impact, not just in your life, but in, in the lives of people around you? Um, when you say that the, the disciples turned the world upside down, it definitely means that their presence was felt. Okay, they, you're they talking about the world, the world around you. How, how wide is that circle of the world? Is it just in your individual spiritual community of the world outside of that community as that's well? That's such a subjective well, question. Well, I mean, yes. for, for, yes. for yes. Paul, yes. 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 Right. That's that's so hopefully. But, but you know, for Paul, he does have a, a global m m mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, he does, you know, he writes his letter to, to Rome, um, to the church in, in Rome. And he says, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of missionary work in other places. I want to I wanna go visit you in Rome. I want to go all the way to Spain. Paul, mm -hmm. Paul is, is very missionary minded. He, mm -hmm. he wants to take the gospel to the entire world. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to add, kind of building on what he said, but 
adding to it, especially the idea that we there are usually ways we can see revival, and maybe it won't you won't be able to see it till afterwards. But I think of disciples turning the world upside down, and you think of some of the things that were happening. If you read in Acts 19, you had people who were sorcerers or whatever, all these uh, people mm-hmm. who actually took their books mm-hmm. and brought them out and burned them. Yeah. And th- that's turning the world upside down. That's someone taking their livelihood and saying, it doesn't work anymore because I've learned something new. That's, you know, that's very visible and that's more than revival in some mm-hmm. ways. I mean, that's changing the world. Yeah. So when people burn their old stuff, it... They Maybe. burned a lot of Beatles albums in the 60s, dude. <laughs> yeah, that probably turned the world us. Yeah. Well, it just changed a lot of sales and records right there. No, I mean, yeah. I understand what you're saying. They, they found a need to, to actually change. They needed that mm-hmm. physical evidence. I mean, sometimes you do that because you need to see that part. It was, it's, it's like Andrew mentioned in a show, oh, in a previous program about um, when you pray, you mm. just don't say it in your mind. You, you, he speaks out because mm. it keeps him focused. That I learned. I, I mean, I learned a lot when when we did that show because I went. That's true because you know that's the. It's there's a cer- certain evidence that the human mind needs to see. Yeah. So I can understand the sorcerers, sorcerers, oh, those people, <laughs> what they did. Doing yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and another point that I wanted to make, contrasting Paul with today, is that in Paul's time, travel was not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. making a journey to to Rome was not just jumping on a a flight. There was no email. There, there, there's no email, you know. <laughs> emus, yeah. And today, in our day and age, travel has become, you know, revolutionized. Where mm-hmm. you know you can go around the entire world literally, and mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, telecommunication mm-hmm. makes you gives gives you such a platform to communicate and uh, w- with people that y- you would never have come in contact with that guy <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the challenges are similar isn't it I mean mm-hmm. the fact that it took a while for the message to grow for, go from one place to another allowed you know rumors to get around because rumors move faster than the, the official word so to speak mm-hmm. so they had challenges because of distance and the lack of communication processes uh, today we have great communication processes and we have even greater challenges because the wrong thing goes out I mean you mm-hmm. have news agencies mm-hmm. that come up with a well here's what happened and then come back and like, what well, that's not exactly what happened but they don't do the, the correction as well Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true of ministries as well. I mean, you, you have a lot of stuff that goes out there to, to, that isn't accurate. Right. I mean, I, I went to India a couple of months ago, and somebody was saying, well, do you know that they're going to beatify this one person from the, from the Adventist church? I'm like, what? Where? Mm-hmm. How did that come here? Because somebody from here went over there and preached a sermon about oh, my. it. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. But, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I always find it interesting when we use the analogy of, you know, how, like, Paul had such a great vision because he was, you know, so globally minded mm-hmm. and he took all this time to go out and do things beyond the bounds of where he probably should have, you know, like typically mm-hmm. been mm. confined. And how now we have all this free access and we can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also see it as, you know, we're so notorious for just dropping in on a place and being like, and then <laughs> leaving and there's no relationship exactly. built. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much beauty in that in scripture is, is I see, you know, the movements of these people mm-hmm. and they built actual relationships and people would actually okay. walk with them and talk with them and learn from them. And we just don't do that anymore. And so our form of revival has become very lonely, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, disconnected. It's very disconnected. Yeah, even though we're super connected, like I can tweet exactly. it, I can you know Facebook it, I can yeah. Instagram it, I can do all these things of my revival. But yeah, it's really probably just me sitting in my house <laughs> and trying to be cool. You we're, know, we were talking about this um, a couple of days ago about how 
there's a there's a church I know that um, the pastor senior pastor changed, and then the pastor they thought was going to mm-hmm. get in there didn't, mm-hmm. and so the whole church started fracturing up mm-hmm. because it, the church became more about personalities. Than they were following the, the personality mission. of the pastor rather than the ministry of the gospel. And whenever mm-hmm. you have that disconnect, right. then you see it fracturing occur. You have a lot of these splinter groups that come in and disenchantment and you know all sorts of emotions that shouldn't right. be part of a church group. If in revival, if you don't have that relationship built up before mm-hmm. and built up afterwards, then you have this whoosh and then bang, you know, effect yeah. of mm. there's this huge event and then, mm-hmm. flop. And then there's a, there's this, everything goes down and right. there's no We also up. base so much of revival on like a paycheck or money or like, you know, well, we just don't have enough money to have a revival. And I mean like, and like, well, that really has nothing to do with it. And that's like in the, I'm not talking about a huge group of people sitting and listening to us you know some speaker and great music and all this mm-hmm. stuff i'm talking about like just in your everyday life like well yeah. i don't have time for this or i don't have the money to like get the you know nourishment to have the energy to like mm-hmm. go travel and do all these things and yeah. well you know if you think that revival means having newer and better programs then mm-hmm. then you know revival is going to cost a lot but if you think of revival as something that happens uh, you know, like you mentioned in, on another show, um, in, in small groups or, or mm-hmm. you know, it's something that's organic, that, that mm-hmm. is genuinely spirit-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being led by the Holy Spirit, not something that's, you know, we have to invest a, a, a mm-hmm. lot of money. Maybe maybe the Spirit will lead and lead people to invest mm-hmm. money like, like we saw in Acts, but, you know, um, it, it's got to be something that, is really led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's not plan. I don't think we can mm-hmm. plan revival in the sense of how we plan other things. Mm. Yeah. And as long as we keep thinking that way, the revival probably won't come. Mm. It has mm. to just. It has to be people in Scripture discussing things with each other, disagreeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like and, the fact you said in Scripture because a lot of times we go we use the word spirit or the term phrase spirit, and it's almost an emotional following of yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to Scripture, you've got that foundation. It's it's like. The balancing of grace and the law yeah. you know you've, you've got the both that's supposed to verify the other mm-hmm. in some ways um, in in the Great Commission uh, Jesus has this great promise that's mm-hmm. Matthew 28 19 and 20 what do you see there as a great promise for, is it something that I mean how does that tie in with our topic today I guess for me I I just like the sentence and I don't you guys are the scholars <laughs> I just like it where it says I will be with you always yeah. so it's kind of like through everything like he's challenging us to do something but yet through all of that, he will always be with us. So even when we mess it up or even when we get sidetracked or even when we, whatever, he's going to be there because he's challenging us to do something beyond ourselves. The two Andrews? <laughs> be wise. Yeah. The Andrew Go. brothers. That's good. That was good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. We should do a show once with, with all Andrews. Oh, man. Well, you're in luck. <laughs> yeah. She's just Find changed her name. <laughs> um you know, I, I also like Luke 24, verse, verse 49, that, that says, you shall receive power from on high. Mm. Um, that really ties in with what, what you brought out from, from Matthew 28, that, yes, I will be with you always, and I will give you the power that you mm-hmm. need. Um, so it, all of a sudden, that gives me a, a level of confidence, a level of security to know that, okay, I don't, have to feel like I have everything all together, like I have all the answers, because Jesus has my back. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is the one that is 
with me that, it, that it's leading this whole I'm thing. I'm with you there. I mean, not that I wasn't with you before, but you know, the whole idea, it's both of you now. the first time he's being supportive of you. I just want you to note this. It's the last show. <laughs> the, in the idea, I like what, what you pointed out in Matthew, of, of, God, of Christ saying, I will be with you always. And, and, and the fact that a ministry has to recognize that. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it ends up being about a human personality, mm-hmm. then you've just, you've just removed Christ mm-hmm. away, so you don't feel that presence. Yeah. I mean, for revival, in my opinion, for revival to ever happen properly, it needs to be about recognizing and being one with the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, something that I, that I have noticed from time to time is that you see it with prayer, for example. You know, at the beginning of a function, you know, mm-hmm. prayer, you, you have prayer, but prayer is kind of like the thing that you need to get out of the way so we can get to the real <laughs> deal. It's, it's funny, it's sad, but funny. I mean, funny, but sad. Yeah. That's but true? Like. True. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. I'm, I'm laughing, Queen. You know, it's so sad, but it's true, yeah. and it's just, yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes, so, I mean, it, it, yeah, like you said, but sometimes the same thing happens with, with Jesus because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I got that. You know, I, you know I, I think I understand what Jesus means to me. Now what? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's... It goes to his point of you cannot plan mm-hmm. a revival. Mm-hmm. It's not, here's the schedule on, on you know, yeah, on exactly. Monday we're going to do this, exactly. on Tuesday, and, and on Friday we're going to celebrate the, you know, four days or five days of revival that we had. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. something that you can plan. You, it's not something that you can jot down and... and and it's constantly changing because I think God works in ways like, for example, I will use myself because I am always growing and I mess up everything. So <laughs> it's a beautiful thing because you learn rather rapidly that God works with you where you're at. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, I don't need to reach the same exact revival status as Andrew mm. because I think that my heart might be in the right place, but it may not be expressed or shown the same way as you because you can articulate things way better than I'll ever be able to articulate them. And I will maybe be able to do something else, you know, differently. Yeah. And so I think that God meets us where we're at, where I may not be ready to be at a certain point or to express things a certain way or to go through a huge hubbub about it. But I'm, you know, slowly growing. And so the revival is at the grassroots, if you will. And that's where the understanding of relationship comes in. Right. There is no, okay, here's a level. All of you reach this point, And when you're all act the same way, we're going to the next stage. <laughs> and we, I mean, I think sometimes we have that idea that yeah. all, all Christians have to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's this, this cookie cutter, one mm-hmm. flavor type, and it isn't. Mm-hmm. That's why we have Sarah on the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to bring yeah. the standards down. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said. Implied implication. It's to show no. the, the, the variance of, of diversity. life. But, see, but that's the fascinating thing is, is that we make it so impossible for people that mm. struggle to be within our churches. And because we claim to have reached the status of like absolute brilliance and revival and like whatever. And I think there needs to be standards, yes. But at the same time, like, I think it's really hard to dictate and to understand who's where truly because it is about a personal connection and a personal relationship. And so I just, I don't know, I really struggle with that. And I'm just going to flail a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, this is good. And I just wanted, as I'm thinking through this and the things I've heard myself is many times I hear people say we need revival so that we all get to the same right. point. So then Jesus will come. Right. As if that's how it works. It's not like, you know, we, you <laughs> hit a certain exactly. point, somebody pulls a bell and Jesus comes down to shoot. We all get a 97 on the test. Yeah, and then, then we, he, can he can come. come but then, <laughs> then we're going to be here forever. If that's how it actually works. That's weird how we do that. We think that whatever we can do, 
we can make Christ come sooner. Mm -hmm. When he himself says, I know not the hour, if Christ doesn't know the hour, and he doesn't know what magic formula, not magic, but you know what, <laughs> what <laughs> formula, what sequence to put in place, only God knows the time. I think it's 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 sad that we would think that if we made all of these things happen, you know, this this uh, this thing that we, mm -hmm. whatever it is, and we meet a certain mark, then somebody pulls that bell and Jesus has to come. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's because we're control freaks, and this goes back to <laughs> the fact that... You like, don't talk, we're not control. <laughs> yeah, okay. You <laughs> <laughs> were saying. No, but it goes back to, like, we can't plan revival. We can't, we can't really, we always put God in a box. We always say, this is how far he's going to reach, and this is what he's going to do through me, and this is it. And we can find that, and I think that we can find our own revival. And in no, some sense. Go ahead, Andrew. No, I was just going to say, to talk against myself, maybe even. <laughs> I, I said we can't plan. Now that I think about it, too, though, at the same time, we can never plan, but can revival actually ever occur if the relationship hasn't already been started? Yeah. So in the true. sense, you do plan, That's or true. you start something. I agree with you, because uh, you think of even the role of prayer, Bible study, you know, the, the activities that we do in order to, you know, develop a good spiritual relationship with God. Um, you think of these, the prayer and Bible study are not, you know, salvation in and of themselves. Hmm. Um, but what they do is that they, they put your heart in the right place where, where God can... Wow, you guys are blowing my mind again. Um, <laughs> it's, you mentioned earlier about how we have this prayer. We prayers this, this item on a list of things that we do, and mm -hmm. it just we get out of the way to do something. And you were talking about how we have everything. You know, both of you were talking about how we have everything. You know, in a line, in a box, mm -hmm. in a definite way. If this is how you behave, when you look at when you look at services, we have the opening prayer, and then we have <laughs> this item, then we have this item, then we have this. That even if you weren't, if you were to put it on mute, people would know when to stand, when to sit, yeah, when to exactly. move, when to, because <laughs> this is we've all. It's like it's Pavlovian in a way, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and what 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 I got to thinking right about now is how we use prayer as just a. This is an item on a list of things that yeah. we have to mm -hmm. do, and perhaps that what that's what hinders us in our relationships mm. within our community, within our church, and the whole mm. idea of, of of revival is we've taken prayer. And we've chopped the chopped everything out to fit fit in this very well defined. Stay here, mm -hmm. and you say these phrases a certain way. And mm -hmm. if you forget them, the fallback is the Lord's prayer. Yeah, yeah but it's also prayer has become a transitional piece Agreed. rather than the core. We don't know how to tie the two together, so let's just add a prayer. Yeah, prayer. yeah it's just kind of like, oh, if I don't know what to do between this and this, well, let's throw a prayer in there. Whereas it used to be the core. You yeah. know, it used to be the foundation of everything, and now yeah. it's become like maybe the edges that define the box. I don't know. Yeah. But I think, I, you know, I, th I think these elements that we, these elements are things that we really have to resuscitate, mm. not necessarily revive. Yeah. I mean, I'm using the word resuscitate because we've killed them in a way, mm. or yeah. we've put them in a coma state. Yeah. Um, we've got to bring back life into it because that is the basis of revival. It's the basis of getting back to life. Yeah. The mm -hmm. Pentecost didn't happen until they all came together and prayed. And right. they couldn't all come together and pray if they didn't have that relationship. And that prayer didn't make a difference because the prayer made a difference because they built on that relationship. Right. And you know what? When you think about the people that were there praying together, these were people that, you know, previously had been arguing with each other, you know, about who's going to be first in the kingdom or who, yep. who's going to be most powerful. Mm -hmm. People that are kind of... That doesn't happen com now. <laughs> hey, um, 
people that are competing even for positions or, or whatever, it, what happened at Pentecost w was really something that was totally of God. Mm -hmm. um, because you have an incredible uniting of people who don't necessarily degree, uh, agree on everything, mm -hmm. um, who, who have difficulties with each other, but yet in, in God, in, in the Holy Spirit, they're they able to be united. Wow. And it's really cool because have you ever met someone where, where you have no interest in really talking to them until you find out you have a like common friend? Hmm. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. like oh. no way, you know that person. Yeah. And then suddenly you want to be best friends with them because if you're their best friend and you think they're super cool, then... then Sarah, anytime I meet somebody about her age, I'm like, do you know Sarah? I'm like, yes, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, and it's like a connecting point. And so like if God or Jesus is this hub and the oh, connecting my, yeah. point then like suddenly you can't help but have great prayers with people and great revivals yeah. in this. Sense. And that comes to the great, the promise and the great commission. Yeah. Is yeah. I, if Jesus becomes the hub, mm -hmm. well, with us always, then your relationship, including the way you deal with people who don't believe like you. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget this one little experience that I had on an airplane. Um, I, I had on a, a t-shirt or, you know, that I, I believe it was a t-shirt. It must have said um, Jesus or something on the back. Because there was this... Jesus! What, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'm picturing the shirt. Carry on. <laughs> I don't remember the shirt. But anyhow, I remember the reaction of a boy. He was maybe about seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. Never seen him before and never seen him since. But he, he came up to me and he was like, You love Jesus too? And he was like, high five. And I was like, and, and the, the... That's so cute. I, I'm, but was, this was so genuine. Mm -hmm. It was so genuine, at, yeah, at, the, at that age, and and um, and so I gave him a high five, and but kind of like what what you're saying, when you recognize that we have a common bond in that we both mm -hmm. love Jesus, mm -hmm. that has the power to unite people. Yeah. So what happens? Go ahead, Sarah. Oh well, and I was gonna say, even if you have a common bond, like you want to love Jesus fully, but you're not, you don't you struggle with it and you have questions and you meet someone that's willing to talk about those things, then that in itself can create a form of revival as well because suddenly you're both searching for something to reach that hub. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that moves it in a direction as well. So it doesn't mean that you have to have like the perfect understanding of Jesus or God in order to have said revival, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, but it can be like, sense. okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. What I said about the large entities is even true in, in small churches because you've got individuals and personalities that, that split a church up. Like, this is my seat, don't come here. Our family's always been here. We trace our ancestry back to 1843, you know, even though it started in 1844. You know, that kind of, that kind of mentality. <laughs> Unless we come together in, in local churches, it's difficult for us to do it in large entities. Mm -hmm. Not that it's impossible, but we have the same situation, different sizes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Same weight. That makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we're out of time, and I want to thank you three for helping us throughout the whole quarter. Sarah, I wish you well in all that you do because you, you do well. Andrew, next next quarter? Yeah. yeah. And Andrew, we're not hoping we'll get you someplace. <laughs> hey, God, God bless you in your ministry and you know, get on Facebook and join us. If you would like to contact us or join us in the conversation, join us on our Facebook page. You can find the link on our website and that's www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschoolu.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Falfo Fowler, and we'll see you for the next set of studies right here at Andrews University. This time, we know we're coming back. <laughs>